0: I'm so thankful this morning that somebody has the same burden that I've carried for so many years now and I really feel like I wanted to just continue on in that flow there's a song that I sing sometimes when I have prayed and prayed, and begged, and cried out, and even screamed at God, God, there's so many bound, there's so many addicted, there's so many struggling, there's so many hurting, and it seems like, we forget the multitudes, it seems like we can't help one anymore, and I'm like, God, that's our purpose. What am I not doing? What am I not getting? Because if... Put a poke over my head, a sack over my head so you never see my face. My identity is not relevant. If I never pastor a church, if I never have my name on a marquee, Susie Timms, Susie Perry, just let me touch one life. Let me help one person struggling. Just flow through me. And if not me flow through Sister Kathy, and I'll stand behind her and pray, God pour it on her, God pour it on her. If it's not Sister Kathy, then Brother Donald and me and Kathy will say, God pour it on him. God pour it on him," Because it's not about us, it's about them. So sometimes whenever there's no more words that I can say, I will sing this song. Sometimes without music, if I'm in prayer, then I just hum it, you know and if I can see the words to it this morning. But this was what was in my spirit whenever I came in and we began to pray.
1: Mm -hmm. How long, how long till I awake? And how long, how long till I become like you, Lord? You are calling us to be all your. yet help my struggles to surrender to your throne. Now listen. Give me the grace, O oh God, to die that I might live in you. I awake in your likeness. See, when that's really a prayer,
0: that's when you get heard.
1: How long, how long till I become Lord, you are calling us to be a spotless bride Raised up in holy power that cannot be denied Give us the grace, O God, to boldly bear your name for you Just for you So how So ha- help these struggles to surrender to your throne give us the grace oh god to die that we might live in you Somebody to say it with me. How long, how long, till I become like you? For Lord, you are calling us to be this spotless bride. Raised up in holy power that cannot be denied. So give us the grace, O God, to boldly bear your name for you. It's all for you. So now we say, how long, how long till I awake? sing this in chorus okay all
0: together as a prayer because that's what God is waiting on he's waiting on for us to ask him God we've got to have it we've tried and tried and tried we've tried denominations we've tried different doctrines we've tried different sanctifications we've tried different disciplines we've believed until we squeezed Uh, uh, you know, the breath out of us believing, believing, straining to believe, straining to receive. Now the only thing that's left to do is just say how long God, it's your timing but there's people dying there's people hurting, there's people bound
1: there's people confused, there's people deceived, so how long how Till I awake in Your likeness, how long? How long? Until I become. to raise their voice how long think he's waiting for somebody to simply
0: ask amen he has stuff in his hands to give us but it's our responsibility to ask for it do we want deliverance I mean do we want deliverance do we want to break every chain amen there's people out there amen that's got chains on them that we turn our nose up to come on yes the church still does <laughs> there's people out there that's got chains on them that we simply overlook and push aside come on because we feel like we don't have the anointing or the authority to break that chain. Well, brother, let me tell you, if we can't break that chain, we should nurse that sick body.
1: Come on, somebody. So how long? I need somebody to say it with me. How long till I awaken your life? We do it, we gotta die. Lord, you are calling us to be a spotless bride raised up in holy power that cannot be denied so give us the grace, oh God To boldly bear your name for you, for you, how long, how long till I await your likeness I-
0: This way that God's leading us so different, this path that He's taking us in. Carrie and I was talking this morning as we was coming on to church service about how many different churches we've been affiliated with. And we would stay there and they wouldn't go nowhere. just stuck in, stuck in the mud, stuck in a tradition, stuck in a preacher. If we're not careful, we'll raise up idols in the men of God and the women of God that we, that we sit under and all of a sudden we start serving them and they'll pass away and we'll put up shrines all over the place for their passing and I believe we order honor men and women of God but we've got to go somewhere in God. We can't get stuck. We can't get stuck and God's wanting us to be brave. He's wanting us to be brave right now I want to tell you, I got caught up in a little bit of politics this year, and I realized I needed to step back away from that, Brother Donald, because that's not my calling. I need to know and be aware of the signs of the times, but I can't change what's going on. All I can do is vote and pray. My calling is in the Word. Amen? Don't let anything distract us. Don't be afraid, because the way we're taking right now is fearful. Fearful. It's scary. I remember when God spoke to me about the whole cancer situation. He said, Susie, this is going to be a slippery slope I'm leading you. Your feet's going to slide. There's going to be mudslides that you're going to have to know when to stop, even when you're wanting to go. You're going to need to run when you're tired. Come on. He said, you're going to have to stay with me. And I'm telling you where God's taking us, we're going to have to stay with him. And it's going to be scary, and sometimes it ain't going to look exactly like God. But we got to know that we know that we know that we're being led by the Spirit of God. I don't know, I just feel a worship in me. I feel a worship. I want to I wanna cry out to Him. I want to reach out to Him. I want to lay on the floor, not just kneel. I want to I wanna get as a base as I can and just cry out to Him. Sometimes not even in words, not even in tongues, but just groanings. The Bible talks about groanings. Amen. That's what I feel in my spirit. I feel a churning. Amen. Just a groaning that I want to reach to Him. Hallelujah. And a lot of times I reach to Him just like this in a
1: song. And I'll say, You call me out upon these waters. This great unknown Where my faith might fail And there I find you in the mystery In these oceans deep My faith will stand And I will call upon name. And keep my eyes above these waves. When the oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. For I am on these waters wherever you would call me and take me deeper than my feet can ever wander then my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my savior grace abounds in deepest waters your sovereign hand will be my guide where feet may fail and fear surrounds me i'll
0: tell you something if you've never been afraid of walking this way then you ain't deep enough come on somebody reach with me If you ain't afraid right now, you ain't deep enough. (laughs) Your grace will abound
1: in these deep waters. Your sovereign hand, it will be my guide. Where feet may fail and fear surrounds me. But you've never failed And you won't start now rise. My soul will rest in your embrace. For I am yours and you are mine. One more time. For I am yours. Do you believe it? Yours. I am yours, and you are mine. Oh, 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 oh. This is that groaning. Oh, oh, oh.
0: thankful I'm his. So thankful he's mine. I'm so thankful I have this assurance. I have this promise. Me and Carrie was also talking, we was talking Bible and scripture coming up the road, you know, and it's a wonderful thing about having somebody to go to church with you. You get to, you know, bounce off of one another things. And we were talking about salvation and just how the devil wants to complicate it and people want to complicate it. I remember when I was at the altar praying, it was say this, believe that, hold on, let go, give up, surrender. And I was so, I was as confused as a baseball bat, you know, or I think they call him a football bat. You know, you're just confused. You're, you're not who you're supposed to be. You don't know what to do. And, and, and you know what Jesus said, do? Just believe. Just believe. Believe on him that sent me. Believe, believe that Jesus is Lord for the saving of your soul and your house, Amen. You know, brother, matter ain't come out yet. Can I just testify for a second? Uh, I had some scripture that uh, that I wanted to share this morning, if if I was allowed, you know. And hand me my Bible real quick. And it's just a couple of scriptures that goes along with really what what the way the Spirit's moving this morning. It's just phenomenal how God is moving, how He's got us hungry for Him. See, I will tell you something. You can go to a table, and if you're not hungry, you can have a steak there. You can have a big old steak with some broccoli and garlic mashed potatoes, and you know what you'll do with your fork? Just kind of push it around, nibble on it a little bit, because you're not really hungry. You know, so it tastes good in your mouth, but you're full. And you know, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago about how that the church has gotten full on junk food. And then when we hear a real word, we come into the house of God, we're so full of junk that we're not hungry for the meat and potatoes. We're still running on that sugar high. And that don't, that don't appeal to us. So we sit through the service as our duty, but we don't get any nourishment for our body. And I want to tell you something. What God is doing isn't in the individual anymore. It's in the body. And I tell you, it's a good thing because individuals have taken it upon themselves to become holier than thou sometimes. <laughs> and and that's, that's the scariest place a person can be It's whenever they get to thinking too highly of themselves. You know, And they don't realize that it's God through us. What does is, what is Brother John says? Uh, the Word says, God in me, Christ in me. It's him in me. If he's not in me, I ain't nothing but a hump of clay. But it's him in me. That's how we operate. But I thought about, you remember that uh, the little, uh, uh, it was in a nursery rhyme, a little cartoon, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? And But, you know, the Word of God talks about that. But the Word of God says, mirror, mirror on the wall, have I changed any at all? In James, that's what James says. James chapter 1, go with me there and it's uh, you know it's real it's close to the back right before revelations and jude <laughs> the book of james james 1 mirror mirror on the wall have i changed any at all have we because if we haven't then we're stuck in the mud and it don't matter what church we attend or what pastor we sit under it's left up to the individual to grow i can't make you grow nobody can make you grow right. amen But the way the church begins to operate will show its growth. Will begin to show its growth. And the Bible teaches us that on occasions we need to take note of ourselves to see if we are growing in the gospel. Amen. So James chapter 1 starting with verse 16 this is what he says. He says, Do not err. (laughs) That's pretty straight up. Yeah. We think that we can't err in the truth or that we can't err in our doctrine. But there's uh, warnings throughout the Bible everywhere. Do not err. Do not err. Do not uh, be misled. Do not be deceived. Saved folk. Deceived. So if you can be deceived, you can be bound. You can be addicted and still be saved. Amen. Amen. So he says, the very first thing he says is, Do not err, my beloved brethren. Now he's calling you brother. He's saying like faith, like-minded. Every good gift and every perfect work, or every perfect gift is from above, and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And we've talked about verse 18 before, of his own will. That means nobody forced him to do it, but out of pure love, God himself begat us with the word of truth. God decided to give us life. To breathe life into us. This was after he breathed life into Adam. Then Adam made a mistake. And Adam was separated from God. But God came back and he breathed life into us again. How did he do that? David said, I was fashioned in, in iniquity and created in sin. Is that right? Did I say it right? Created in, created in sin, fashioned in iniquity. You know the scripture, I hope. Y'all going to give me grace on that one. <laughs> David said I was made a mess From the very get go From from being in my mother's womb I was fashioned in sin I was created in iniquity Amen So what had to happen is God had to breathe into us life That's the new heart Hallelujah God does heart surgery on us My God out of Out of his own will Out of the love he had for us Uh, Begat he us with the word of truth. That means he gave us a second chance. He breathed life into us uh, uh, at the altar when we believe That we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak, slow to wrath. We're getting to the verse I'm coming to. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. We've got to stop there and realize... That no matter how right we think we are, if it's not seasoned with mercy and truth, it's not God. I mean, I have, whenever, whenever God come down and healed me of cancer, you know the very first thing I did, Sister Kathy? I repented. That very day, whenever I felt that power of God surge in me and come out, before I could even say, thank you, God, for taking uh, that worry away, that fear away. Thank you, God, for for healing my body. You know, the very first thing I did is I said, forgive me, God, because I've been too hard. Forgive me, God, I've been too hard on people. I've, I've given them the Word of God, and I said, now here, you take this and apply it and do better. I was unmerciful. I was, the Bible talks about gentleness. We'll get to it, you know. And, and God said, the wrath of man, because whether we realize it or not, that's mean. That's hard. I, and, and if I'm already broken, I can't take a hard word. You're going to kill me. That's the reason I, I I told the Lord whenever I backslid. I mean, and I talk to God. I don't know how y'all talk to God when y'all pray. There's, I pray different ways, but sometimes when I'm aggravated, I just get me and him straight with each other. And he'll get straight with me. And sometimes I talk straight with him. And I told him straight up, I said, if you're really wanting to heal my heart, if you're wanting to do anything for me, don't send no pretty boy preacher to come by uh, busting my chops over what I'm doing wrong. I don't know how to do right. I don't know how to get back right. I don't know what to do. Send somebody that's been through the same torments, the same hell, the same destruction, and lived, I mean the phoenix that comes out of the ashes, Better, stronger, more anointed. Show me that person to give me some insight on what I should do. Because I feel like everybody else is just kicking me, kicking me, kicking me, you know? I I, I mean, I'm just being honest with you. And it's the Word. (laughs) For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Somebody needs to, if you're taking notes, note the word soul right there. Because soul ain't spirit. <laughs> when we receive Christ as our Savior, and get a new heart, we get a spirit man. Our spirit man comes alive. We are a triune being. We have a body, we have a soul, and we have a spirit. We're made up of three. God is three whether we like it or not. He's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Three in one. He's God, but He's triune. And we are too. We have a body, we have a soul, and then we have a spirit, a new heart. So circle that word right there, which is able to save the souls. Because the soul is in a process of being saved or regenerated. The spirit man is saved, born again, regenerated. Redeemed, however you want to say it, we all know what I'm talking about, right? Salvation? When we believe, amen, then that new God gives us that new heart, that's the center of the center of gravity. everybody pat your heart, right there. That's where God lives. <laughs> right there, that's where God lives. He is the pump. remember that. So the spirit man has been redeemed, washed in the blood. The Bible says in Ezekiel, a new heart. He takes out the old heart in Ezekiel and puts in a new heart. That's what salvation is. Amen. But now we've got to deal with this, the soul man, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. They're not saved. They don't get saved. They, they, they get sanctified. And that's a process, a daily process, sanctification. It's like the blood. The Bible talks about the, the blood is the life. Well, let me tell you something about this old body of ours. If the blood stops flowing in extremity, guess what happens to it? It dies. If you don't think so, turn it at your arm. Tell them, nurse, what happens. When the blood flow stops, you stop getting nourishment. Cells die. Cells die. Death. Let me tell you something about the heart. It pumps that blood, the blood throughout the body. Amen. We are a body, a vehicle of God, but we have this blood flowing through us and sometimes the blood can get contaminated, can't it? And we got to, we either got to get a, a, what's it called where they take the blood out and pump it back in, they clean it. Okay. Okay. Dialysis, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes we got to get dialysis and clean that stuff up. That's sanctification. We need to clean some stuff up. That's not the heart's job. The heart don't clean the blood. The heart pumps the blood. Amen? So we've got a soul man. And but it says right here, which is able to save the soul. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man beholding his natural face in the glass, in a mirror. He's saying every now and then we need to pick the mirror up, which is the word of God. And it's not a window for me to look through and judge my sister, but it's a mirror for me to look at and judge me. That means if I hold the Word of God up towards Sister Deborah, I'm not to hit her with it, beat her with it, abuse her with it, but I'm supposed to use it on me. Oh! Mirror, mirror on the wall. Have I changed any at all? Have I grown any at all? Am I learning anything at all? Number one, he said right here, don't just be a hearer of the Word. Am I doing anything at all? Oh! (sighs) How long have we been in this little church? We've been here a year. In this building, a year. And Sister Kathy's longer than that. Probably another year. Seem like. It was a year. Yeah. Two years. What are we doing with it? (sighs) Are we stuck in the mud? Or are we actually doing something with it? If we're doing something with it, there'll be signs. There'll be Manifestations. Come on! It's time for us to really start putting this word into uh, to action. Be, for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straightway he forgets what manner of man he was. The word will show us something about ourselves every Sunday morning. It should. The word should show us something about ourselves every Sunday morning, and not a big pat on the back. It's about growing. It's about it's about overcoming. It's about helping. We are a helps ministry. If we don't help somebody, you have failed. If all I do is condemn you, I'll tell you something. I had a conversation with myself yesterday. For all weekend long, for Friday and Saturday, I would think salt in my mind and I'd hear this voice, well, do you do that? Well, do you do that? You know, just condemnation, condemnation, condemnation. And I was thinking about, uh, I was wanting to encourage some, somebody about their children. And uh, and I said, you know, they had more than one child, and I was wanting to encourage them because they were struggling with this one kid. And I was wanting to encourage them and say, well, you know, just spend a little more time with that one, you know. And and, and tell the others. Tell the others. You know, it's not that I'm shunning y'all, but I'm going to spend a little bit of time on this one because to help them. And you know what? To make it fun, y'all pitch in and help me help them. Let's love them. You know, I was thinking, you know how you, you think and meditate on what you're going to say? And then... Uh, pfft, The the enemy come in and said, well, what do you do with yours? You got two. Uh, and And at that point, you can push me around and boss me around, but you mess with my kids, that's it. So I just screamed out, enough. I don't know where you're coming from. Don't know where you're at, but it's not the voice of God. Enough. Stop it. Get out. Get out. Enough. Stop. I mean loud. I made my mind up. You don't talk about my kids. You don't mess with my kids. You don't condemn me about what I'm doing with my kids. Amen. Because I'm trying my hardest. I pray regularly. I Like Job, I fast and cry and give to God for my kids more than I do for me. Because I want them to succeed. I want them to be safe. I want them to be holy. I want them to be righteous. And I, I mean, I'm I'm working on it, but I got to know they make it. That's my f- number one priority as a mother. That's why I was put here. And there, I, was, Sister Deborah, you know, you raise them kids and grandkids, Amen. And so whenever you go messing there, I'm like enough. So he that beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Every Sunday we're supposed to look in the look mirror and say, Mirror, mirror, on the wall, or in the pulpit. or at the piano, or whoever's holding the mic. Mirror, mirror, have I changed at all? I mean, if we're not changing, then why are we here? I'm serious. You know, I can say this, and I know every one of y'all can say this just like me, so I'm not throwing no punches. We all could be somewhere else doing something else. I've had people beg me, ask me, plead with me. Please come over here. Please, we need you. I mean, I went to revival this week and they begged me, please, please come back. I'm like, I can't. i got Sunday morning service. They have Sunday morning services, you know. Please, we need that. We need. And there's people that need something. So if we're not doing anything here, why are we here really? I'm just being honest with you. We've got to grow. We've got to start being beneficial. We've got to take this gospel out there. Out there. We've got to get out of these four walls, feeding ourselves, patting ourselves, congratulating ourselves, and win somebody. That's what it's about. We've got to get out there and reach somebody. Amen. We've got to get out there and work for somebody. I challenge you, pick out one person, one person throughout the entirety of this day. I ain't saying just do it off the cuff. Pick out somebody and make it your goal to win that person. Make it your goal to encourage that person every day. Make it your goal to love that person every day. I'll tell you what, pick out somebody hard if you think you're real spiritual. Pick out somebody confused in doctrine. And make it your personal goal to help them understand the love of God. Because what's happened is they have been offended by somebody mean. That's exactly. God ain't hurt them. God don't hurt us. God hadn't disappointed them. God don't disappoint us. Somebody has. Let me tell you. What did Paul say to the, I think it's the Galatians. Who hath bewitched you? (laughs) Who was it? It was a person. Let's love somebody back to the gospel. Amen. That's our jobs. My job isn't to come here and sit on a pew. My job isn't to come here and and play music. My my job is to win somebody. I come here to learn. That learning isn't my job. My job is to do, to not just be a hearer. Let me tell you something, when we get to heaven, to the pearly gates, whenever this new heaven and new earth comes down, and we all think we're going to be rulers and kings, let me tell you, we may be bathroom sweepers. Because he's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? Not how much did you have. He's got your... I've heard Brother John say this and say this until I think... We've kind of gotten complacent with it. But your tongues don't make you righteous. Your shout don't make you holy. Your tears don't mean nothing to God. If they did, ever harlot in Hollywood would be saved. Because they can cry on command. They can cry on cue. They're actors. How many of God called people has just started acting? like Christians instead of being Christians we got to have something to jolt us back into reality that prayer this morning jolted me am I winning people do i even do i even get saddened when i hear about somebody who's been bound on drugs does it hurt my feelings a little bit when i hear somebody pushed out of the church because of a sin or a habit. And they've been, they've been exorcised. Does it hurt my feelings a little bit when I see people suffering with bondages and sins and addictions and diseases, all sorts? These are things that we need to start practicing. Getting people back to the house of God. This church house, it's been a year. It should have more people in it. It should have more people in it. And do you know who gets those people to come in? Not a marquee on the side of the road. I'll tell you something. I hate 99.9 every marquee I ever see. Turner Burned. Oh, it gets on my nerves. That gets on my nerves so bad. And then, and I'm so jaded by it. Whenever I go by one and it says, everyone welcome, I go, mm-hmm, I bet. I bet everyone's welcome. <laughs> I bet if I walked in there the very first thing they you know, I'm serious. So it's not necessarily the marquee. It's not necessarily although I believe the church ought to look nice and the grass ought to be cut and i believe all these things. That represents us. It's a character. Amen. But there should be something going on in here, Amen. And I believe there is a fire in here. Now it's our job to take that fire out there. And when we take that fire out there, there should be people come in here. Amen. That's the way it works. And in a year's time, can I be honest and say, we've lost more than we've gained. Now, there's going to be adding and subtracting in the book. There's adding and, and Paul said, if they go out, let them go. But he didn't say, run them off. <laughs> We're supposed to be gathering them in. He said, I will make you fishers of men. You know what we're doing? He said, casting your net on the wrong side. You know where we're casting our net? Oh, I'm going to close my eyes and turn around so nobody thinks I'm talking about you. We're casting our net in front of the TV. We're casting our net on Facebook. We're casting our net on the laptop. We're not casting our net in Elijah, where Brother John's vision is. And if we're sitting under him, that should be our vision too. This is where we're supposed to be casting our net. How many houses do you think there is between right here and the end of Big Creek Road? What is that? Uh, 52, Highway 52. How many houses do you think there is? Bunches. There ain't no reason why they couldn't walk to church. (laughs) There ain't no reason why we couldn't stop and pick them up. This church is sitting empty for a long time. I'm not even sure if these folks from here that direction, even though we're still having service. I'm just being honest. Is that all right? I mean, I just felt like, you know, the Lord spoke to me about mirror, mirror on the wall. Have we changed one bit at all? Because the body is waiting for redemption, according to the Word of God. It's just an organic vessel. That's all it is. I think Ecclesiastes says when that golden cord is cut or that silver cord is cut and that golden pitcher is broke, it's going back to dust. That's Ecclesiastes. That's the Word of God. This is nothing but a vehicle. This is not God. God is the pump. Amen, he's the spirit that lives inside of us. We have a soul, mind, will and emotions. That that pump, let me tell you what that pump does. The blood goes throughout the body and it comes right back to that pump. Throughout the body and comes right back to that pump. Whatever you're sending throughout the body, your mind, will and emotions, whatever it's thinking, doing, saying, meditating on, practicing, that's where this body goes. Does it go to bed when it should be doing something else? Does it go to the table when it should be fasting? Does it go to the internet looking up junk, what somebody's doing, what somebody's saying, what somebody's thinking? Or is it going to the Word? Because the blood is the life. The blood goes back to the Spirit. And if that Spirit, if that pump isn't working correctly, then you know what happens? These extremities start getting weak. They start getting numb. We are numb to the convictions and the holiness of God. We're numb to it. We've heard it preached and taught so much and we've lacked practicing what we've heard preached and taught until we've become numb. See, that's the danger of sitting under a spiritual hard word. It ain't necessarily getting your feelings hurt. That ain't what the danger of sitting under a hard word is. It's not about getting your feelings hurt. It's about getting numb. And it don't affect you anymore. Well, there's a word. I'm, I can't think. I'm have, Y'all are having to help me this morning. What's it called where you watch something until you get complacent with it? Desensitized. Overexposed and desensitized. We have become desensitized to the Word of God. We're just as holy as He is holy. We're just as righteous as He is righteous. We don't smoke. We don't talk. We don't drink. We don't cuss. We don't party. We don't go where we shouldn't. Amen? But we don't do nothing with what we've heard. And see, this word here isn't a little sanctification word. This word here isn't a cut me up, straighten me up. This is a what I need to be doing. In the kingdom. I'll tell you, unsanctified people don't even have part in the kingdom. It's the truth. Because there's a 30, there's a 60, and then there's a 100. Amen. And not everybody's going to be, everybody can be in the 100. You know what the 100 is? You just get saved. You just get saved. You come to church. You know, you, you doing, you know, you just go. You're, you're, you got your ticket punched. You're just waiting on glory. But then there's another group, and I was in the hundred. We've all been in the hundred. But then there's another group that God purposely exposes to a different gospel. Purposely. I don't tell you, He picked me out on purpose. Because I was happy where I was at. Didn't know anything about nothing else. Made fun of it. Thought it was a bunch of hogwash you don't talk about Harry Potter. I thought that's what it was. I wanted nothing to do with it. And God came looking for me in my state. He walked into a Baptist church to find me. So I don't care where you're at. If you're supposed to be exposed to something, God will find you. And He exposed me to something. In my own relaxed place, brother Donald. I'm not talking about I went somewhere else to hunting him. He come finding me, <laughs> and then the sanctification started working on me. All of a sudden, I started feeling convictions that I'd never felt conviction for it. I started reading my Bible to try to find what is this going, what is going on? You know that that heart. You know what happened? That heart started pumping. That heart was there. I'd had a transplant. It was there. But you know what? once they transplant that heart, they have to give it a shock. Once, they, once that surgeon opens you up and takes the old heart out and puts a new heart in, that thing just don't go and start moving. It's dead in the pan, ain't it? It's, it's just laying there. You, they put it in there, sew it all up, and it's still just laying there got to have a little boost, That's sanctification. I'm tell you, and once you get that one shock <laughs> ain't no undoing that. I call it the point of no return. Ain't no undoing that. You can't go back and undo that. From then on out, the Holy Ghost of God will track you like a bloodhound. Everything you say, everything you do, everything you consume, every word that comes out of your mouth, every thought you have, if you have not had this conviction, you do not have the Holy Ghost. I don't care what you do, what you say, what you shout, how you dance. The world can do it all. The world can do it all. But this bloodhound I'm talking about, he's the Holy Ghost. And if he don't check you on every single thing that you do, say, think, go, eat, consume, you don't have the Holy Ghost that's after me. (laughs) But then there's another. There's a 30. And this 30 is completely different. They're crazy, Brother John. They're crazy, Donald. I'm serious. They've done away with the beehives. They've done away with the formalities. They've done away. They've done grown past it. They're crazy. They'll be talking to you one second, and, and they'll be talking to you, and they'll say, yeah, ain't God good, and then they'll just cut out into tongues, start talking to you and prophesying to you. Right in the middle of town. They're crazy. They'll be, you'll be talking to them, and all of a sudden, they'll just start looking off. Because they're seeing something in the Spirit. And you'll say, Susie, Susie. you so, say, wait, give me just a second. Give me just a second. I remember I was sitting in church. I think it was probably two years ago if we've been here a year. We were sitting in church two years ago. I was in Ringo. And they was just having a worship service. I, I, mean, it was, I mean, it was church, but it was in the worship part of service. They was singing and and stuff, and I was sitting there, and we was in a house with chairs, and I remember there was a couch right here, and there was a a boy in his 20s, and a young lady, and they were like going together, they were sweethearts, and they had been going together for a while, and they was considering getting married, they were actually planning on a house, and they would already bought furniture, and they was planning on joining, you know, getting together permanently, and I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, I was just worshiping, going along with God, and all of a sudden, everything just kind of shifted just a little little bit. Now, see, if you know what I'm talking about, you understand. I still see the back wall. I still see the fly. But all of a sudden, it's like there's two of them now. It just shifts a little bit, and there's two of them. One's kind of fuzzy and faint. So you strain for it. You're crazy. You start looking, just looking. what? What? Now, all of a sudden, the music gets really far out there. You can still hear it. But it's really far out there because you're concentrating on this. And then all of a sudden, you know what I saw? I saw the angel of God. And when you say the angel of God, I'm not sure if it was an angel, like an archangel, or if it was Jesus Christ. Because sometimes he was considered the angel of God in the Old Testament. But I saw the angel of God. I saw, I didn't see the, I saw it like from here. And a lot of times I just see it like from the waist down. Because it was so big. Standing right there, just like a, like a mist. But I knew what it was, just standing right between that boy and that girl who in all likelihood was supposed to have got married. They were looking for a home, had bought furniture together. But I saw it just like this. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) all of a sudden, I saw a sword being drawn just like this right here. And and just like this. And I heard it in my spirit. If y'all don't get right with God, if you don't stop misleading Him, there's gonna that angel of God is gonna drop the sword and sever everything that's between y'all, and I said it cause I was crazy. See, when you get to that place, you kind of lose touch with what's it called? Where you politically correctness. You kind of lose touch with the politically correctness. You kind of lose touch with sensitivity. And not saying now i t- I believe in being merciful and, and gentle. But, but you hear God, and you just, you're repeating what you hear. It's not you at all. And I remember I said that. And I remember she looked at me like, how could you say that? You know what? Was it a week or two weeks? A week. One week. One week. He left her. He left her. Broke everything off. And nobody could have known that. Nobody. But God does. See, there's a 30-fold that's a little crazy. They're a little off. They don't operate in this realm. They have to live in this realm, but they realize they're not of this realm. And I feel like I can say that because I feel like we are that. Amen? I don't feel like there's anybody here that's foreign to what I'm saying. Now, what we need to do is we just need that little jolt this morning. We just need that little jolt this morning to remind us that we got to get back to crazy, we got to get back to being more spirit man than flesh man, amen. We've got to get back. Now I ain't talking about your sanctification. I'm not talking about your uh, what you do in your private time. I'm talking about what you do all the time. I'm talking about what you do all the time. As soon as we wake up in the morning, we need to start saying, "I am the righteousness of God." I'm 34. God has something invested in me and I've got to operate in it and I'm going to look for it. I'm not going to pass it over. I'm not going to come hard to it. Amen. I'm going to become sensitive to it and I'm going to watch for it. If I'm going to make a pot of coffee in the morning before Donald gets up, Sister Deborah, and I see the coffee pot just kind of move a little bit, I'm not going to rub my eyes and say I'm sleepy. I'm going to say, yes, God. Yes, God. I'm here. I'm your servant. Amen. If I'm sound asleep and I hear somebody call my name out of a dead sleep, I'm not going to raise up and run to Philip and say, Did you call for mama? I'm going to do like Samuel and say, Yes, Lord, I'm here. Amen. I'm telling you, there's an a jolt. There's an electricity in the house this morning. The reason we cried out, How long? is because God's asking us the same question. How long? How long am I going to wait on you? How long am I going to tolerate you? how long am I going to be vexed by this? When are we going to pull up? Right. On, See, we, if we can ask Him, how long are you going to hold back? He has a right to ask us, how long are you going to tarry? Right. Amen. Yes. Glory to God. I want to tell you, I felt like I have went in reverse for the last couple of years. I used to walk in an anointing. I walked in an anointing. I didn't wait for an anointing to fall on me. I walked in an anointing. Amen. And I believe we should go back and we should pick that up. Hallelujah. God can't do nothing with us as long as we're flesh. Hallelujah. As long as this old the heart is pumping blood. Amen. And our our extremities is coming alive. It needs to be coming alive with the Spirit of God. Every time the blood goes out of the body it picks up impurities. You tell me I get off it picks up impurities it picks up unoxygenated blood which is no good for you it's actually harmful for you and what does it do it takes it right back to God takes it right back to the heart takes it right back to God it picks up some oxygen in the lungs and it goes right back out Amen. The heart, the center of us, our spirit man is God. We need to start operating in God until we're so fully oxygenated, every cell is God. Every cell is God. Every extremity of God is God. They can take our hair and put it under a microscope and our DNA is God. Amen. Hallelujah, I believe that. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't, I could go anywhere and sit for a comfortable word. Wouldn't even have to sweat. <laughs> But I come here because I believe God is doing something. And I tell you what I believe too. I believe if God's doing something, we need to be doing something. Hallelujah. I'm ready for a word this morning, ain't y'all? I'm ready. My blood has went out and it's running back. Somebody raise your hands and say my blood is running back to the heart this morning because there's a word for me and I will apply it. I will do it. I've made my mind up. I'm gonna, I have picked one person out and I'm going to love that person. I'm going to educate that person. I'm going to preach to that person. I'm going to sing to that person. I'm going to nurse that person until I get them in the house of God. They cannot be healed if they're out there. They cannot be saved if they're out there. They cannot be delivered if they're out there. We've got to get them to the physician. Amen? Hallelujah. Brother Matter.
2: Hallelujah. Y'all give the Lord a good praise. Come on, give Him a good praise. Thank you, Jesus. Man, I appreciate the Lord today. Y'all ready to get a little bit crazy? <laughs> The Lord has been dealing with me about this, but God just dropped it in my spirit just before uh, I got ready to walk out here. And I don't know how much I'm going to get into this, but I want you to go with me to the second chapter of Joel. And do we have a copy of the Fort Payne service when we was down there on the 31st? Wasn't it the 31st? We need to get a copy of it. And and y'all need to listen to that prophecy. Because Spirit of the Lord fell on my wife and took her over. And she took the front part of the service. And God ministered to us out of Joel 2 in about 15... Through 17, God ministered to us. And we really need to hear it. The church really needs to hear it. But God started putting this in my spirit. And I've mentioned it to some of y'all, even mentioned it to my wife. But the Lord really, just a few minutes ago, started putting this in my spirit. How many of us, and I've done it. Have taken Joel 2 and 28, which is, and it shall come to pass afterwards, saith God, that I'll pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. We've taken it and we've preached it as the day of Pentecost and a revival that's coming. Were y'all ready to get a little crazy? Absolutely. Come on. Well, the Lord took me back into Scripture. And this is what he began to show me. You look at verse 23. Now, are y'all with me? Yes. We're going to get crazy? Yes, please. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you. Oh. That means it's already happened. Yes. He hath given you the former rain moderately. So he ain't talking about the day of Pentecost here. He said, I've already given you that. But yet we preached it that that's the prophecy of the day of Pentecost. Oh, no, 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 no. But brother Mary, Peter said in Acts 2:17 and this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Yeah, but it didn't get fulfilled. Did the spirit fall? Yes. Did people prophesy? Yes. But verses I believe it's either 18 or 19 or 19 and 20 in Joel in Acts 2. Let me turn over there. I just looked at it. Okay. Two and seventeen. Okay. Two and sixteen. He said, This is that which spoke by the prophet Joel, but he goes down through eighteen and nineteen. It says, and I will show you wonders in the heavens above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Twenty, the sun shall be turned to darkness, the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. And I sitting back there meditating on this, and when I preach this new beginning. Are y'all with me? God spoke to me. He said, this is talking about the latter rain. This <laughs> so talking about the former rain. This is talking about the latter rain, which is the fullness of Christ. Yes. And the latter rain being poured out is going to come to pass afterward. After what? After the restoring of the rain and the former rain. Then he's going to give us the latter rain. Are y'all a little crazy with me? Yes. Are y'all sure y'all a little crazy with me? Because see, we've been preaching that this is supposed to happen for years now. It ain't happened. It ain't happened. We've been trying to figure out, God, why ain't this happened? Because the church has taken this as the former reign of the Holy Ghost and preached it for years when God was speaking here, the former rain had already been given. He wasn't talking to the generation of the former rain. He's talking to us. You go back to Joel 1, go back and get them notes on the new beginning. Go back to Joel 1. See what God said. He said, "Had this been for your generation or your, uh, for your children? He said, this ain't for your generation. He said, "This for your children, your children's children, and all them that are far off." Is that not what he said? So he's talking about our day. Yes. He's talking about our day. Now, I want to I want to tie something in here, and and like I said, the Lord just started putting this in my spirit just before I walked out here. Go with me to Matthew twenty four. I'm gonna to have to find it. Yeah, I got it. Y'all with me in Matthew 24? Now, Sister Susie started this. She said, we're going to get crazy, so we the 34. We're going to get crazy. Y'all with me? Verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be turned to darkness. And the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man. What did Joel say? Signs in the heavens above, wonders in the earth beneath, sun turned into darkness, moon turned into blood. When? After the tribulation. Did God did not tell us that the tribulation we're going into will be the sufferings of Christ, and it's going to take the sufferings of Christ uh, to bring forth the fullness of Christ, that the glory of God will be revealed in us. Uh, if you don't suffer with Him, you're not going to reign with Him. Uh, what we're going into is the sufferings of Christ. Uh, it will bring in the manifestation uh, of the sons of God, uh, not the ministry of the Son of Man, uh, which we're fixing to possess now, uh, but it will Bring in uh, the fullness of the Christ uh, or the manifested sons of God ministry. And it can't happen like we've been preaching it. Can't happen like we've been preaching it. Y'all listening to me? Because I'm a little crazy today. You know why I'm a little crazy? Because it's time. For what God said in order in the book of Acts To come back to his church This begins the restoration The Lord showed me from the time The Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost Till now Is the stripping By the caterpillar The cankerworm, the palmer worm, the locust And God did it He said this is my army which I sent among you And little by little he stripped us down From the day of Pentecost To right now He stripped us down till we don't have nothing. I'm sorry, church is dead in the water. The meat offering's gone, the drink offering's gone, people going through form, they're going through a form of godliness, what the Bible teaches. He said, You better watch them and have a form of godliness and deny the power of. Ain't no power in the church today. Ain't no power in the church today. Where's the move of God that got established in the book of Acts? Where's them five ministries? Where's them five ministries? This is what God keeps putting in my spirit. I know I ministered on it last week. This is what God keeps putting in my spirit. (laughs) See in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, God said this. He said, For God has put some in the church. First apostles. Secondary to prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After this, miracles, gifts of healing, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. In Ephesians 4 and 11, he said, and I gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Okay, he put those five offices, ministries, whatever you want to call them, he put them in the church. Put them in the church. Are you hearing me? I'm not talking about the whole body of Christ. I'm talking about he set them in the local church. Acts 13 and 1, it said there was in the church of Antioch certain prophets and teachers. So in the church at Antioch, there was prophets. In the church at Antioch, there was teachers. In the church of Antioch, there were pastors. And in the church at Antioch Paul and Barnabas stayed there a long time So there were apostles, prophets, evangelists uh, Pastors and teachers uh, There was five ministries uh, Working in the local body uh, We got to get the, the ministry uh, Working back uh, In the local body uh, The reason the church uh, Has died uh, Is the ministry's not there uh, And you have got to have these ministries uh, For the work of the ministry uh, For the perfecting of the saints and for the edifying or teaching or building of the body of Christ. We don't have them. We don't have them. I said we don't have them. Is anybody with me? Are y'all with me? We've taken words like Joel 2 and 28. And we've used it as the former reign of the Holy Ghost. And we keep talking about something greater coming, but we keep liking it to the former rain. People think the latter rain is just more of the former rain. I don't think so. I may not know what it's all going to look like, but the Lord told me the latter rain was the fullness of the Christ. Not the fullness of Jesus. You know, you talk to me about people about the Scripture, especially people been around the Word that I was under for so many years, and they can pop off Colossians one, and I believe it's twenty-seven, just like that. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. Christ of you, the mystery of God. Christ in you, the hope of glory. But yeah, but ninety nine percent of them don't know what that is. You know why they don't know what it is? Because they think it's tongues. They think it's a good shout. They think because God's took away a few little vices out of their life that Christ is now in here. No, He ain't. Because I'm going to tell you something. You've been baptized into Christ. <laughs> and the Bible tells us as many of you have has been baptized into Christ have put Him on. Now, who's put on Christ? Woo. White in here, ain't it? Who's put Him on? Who's put him on? See, people's never separated Jesus and the Christ. There's a big difference. The body of Jesus. What'd you say a while ago, Sister Susie? This is a. The heart
1: is the spirit.
2: Yeah, but the body. Yes, body is the vessel. This is just the vessel. Right. Did y'all realize Jesus was just a vessel. Just a vessel. He was just tabernacle. Right. That body, that flesh and blood man, was just a tabernacle. That God moved into, and he didn't move into the fullness. See, Jesus didn't become the Christ, left the resurrection. Scripture bears me out. Because the Bible says in Acts 2, that this Jesus whom you have crucified has become both Lord and Christ. So he's become the Christ So if the Christ is dwelling in you That means that resurrected power That's the revelation Paul saw That's what he was after in Philippians 3 In verse 10 when he said And I got to know him In the power of his resurrection And the fellowship of his sufferings Being made just like him in his death, we ain't made, been made just like him in his death. We have not been made just like him in his death. And the church is preached over it. Made this baptism of his death water baptism. Oh, no, 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 no. Because I'm going to tell you something. We're fixing to experience a baptism. Am I doubting that there's coming a, a baptism like the day of Pentecost? Not one bit. I saw it in 93. God showed me a baptism of the Holy Ghost and tongues of fire in 93, and he told me no generation had received what they received up to this time. That's what he told me in 93. We still ain't received it. We still have not been baptized in what fell on the day of Pentecost. And we're going to get that, but we ain't stopping there. We ain't stopping there. Hallelujah. I'm fixing to be baptized down into the fullness of the Christ. I'm fixing to be baptized Why this is what Joel 2 uh, Reads and God told me When they gave me this on the 13th Of July he said this is a new Beginning I, I'm not restoring My people back I, to the day Of Pentecost and leaving them there I, I'm taking them to the fullness of the Christ I, I'm taking them I, To the restoration of all things I, For the mouth of all the Holy prophets I, have prophesied Since the world began I, Of the restitution I, of all things. Uh, We're going back to where God uh, created man uh, in the image of God. Uh, We're going back to the full dominion uh, and authority of God living in us. Uh, that all God's creation uh, gonna be subject to what lives in us. Oh, yes. and now, spiritual death subject to us. <sighs> Did y'all hear me? Spiritual death will be subject to us. See in Adam's day there was no spiritual death there was no spiritual death man was made to live eternally, but when Adam sinned and Eve sinned the soul died the power was given to Satan to take the soul and he gave him power over spiritual death he also gave him physical death entered in man wasn't gonna die man was made to live eternally he was made to be a A tabernacle that God could live in in the fullness, because that's what God done. When God rested, He wasn't tired, He wasn't weary, He wasn't downhearted. He said, "Oh my God, I've worked six thousand years. I got to (laughs) rest." But the fullness of Him come in on that seventh day, and He rested right here in full dominion, full power. All all the foul, all millennium means is a thousand. Do y'all realize we're coming to the end of six days since man sinned? We're coming to the end of that sixth day, and when that seventh day begins to dawn, there's got to be a place made, there's got to be a vessel prepared. There's got to be a place for God Once again to dwell in man In the fullness Because God sanctified the seventh day Forever And he commanded That it would be the day of rest So when that seventh day starts coming In that spirit of God He's got to have some place to go He's got to have some place to dwell He's got to have some place to rest That's the reason in Hebrews 4 He spoke of of, of another place He said if man had found rest under Joshua when they inherited the promise when they went across Jordan if man had found rest there everything would been alright he said but they didn't find the completeness he said under Joshua therefore there remaineth a rest to the children of God there remaineth the fullness of God to be revealed in us Joel 2 is not you hear me it is not the former rain it is the latter rain it is the latter rain because because he said the former rain's already been given. Am I making sense to y'all? Yeah, I never seen it like this. But see, that's what happens. God makes us of the 30 fold just a little bit crazy. Says <laughs> so, Susie, I love that. That's such a good analogy. <laughs> and see, we're not going to get this over here. We're not going to get this fullness of Christ till after tribulation. We may walk in the ministry of Jesus during tribulation, which I believe we will. But immediately after the tribulation of those days. Here, let me show you this. Verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Exactly what Joel said. Is that not what he said? And there shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in the heavens. And then shall the tribes of the earth mourn. And they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven. Now who's the clouds of heaven? We are. All those that went on before. All those in Revelation 20. When the Lord spoke about the first resurrection. Are y'all with me? I said are you with me? Coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he shall send his angels or his messengers with the great sound of a trumpet, the seventh trumpet right there. Same things First Corinthians fifteen says. Same things Revelation ten and seven says. Same thing that I preached on the voice of the seventh trumpet and revealing the seventh trumpet right here. This one, the fullness of God. This is when the Christ comes in and takes us aboot. This is when flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. I, this is when that at the sound of that last trump, we shall not all sleep, I, but we all shall be changed. For this corruption can't put on incorruption. I, this mortal can't put on immortality. I, so there's got to be a change. I, so we're we gonna are we gonna get changed. I, we all ain't gonna sleep. Some of us may give our lives. Some of us may die in tribulation. I, some of us may die in persecution. I, we may die, but I'm gonna tell you something. I, just as soon as that 7th trump sounds, I, there's coming a resurrection. I, there's coming a resurrection of the dead in Christ. I, the dead in Christ ain't those that sleep in Jesus. I, the dead in Christ are those that have been persecuted for the faith. I, the dead in Christ are those I, that didn't take the mark, the number, the name I, that were beheaded I, and went through other deaths for I, the name of Jesus. Am I making sense to anybody? I, does anybody think I'm a little crazy today? I, well, then give Get with me, I, my God! Because I, we got something to press toward. I, there's a mark. I, that's what Paul said. He said, "I have not I, already attained. I, neither am I already perfect or completed or mature in Christ. But this one thing I do: I, forgetting those things that are behind, I, I press toward the mark. There's a mark yesterday. There. There's a prize you know what that prize is? The high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Or the fullness of God that lives in the Christ. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. Amen. It pleased God. It pleased God to make Him of the 30 <laughs> It pleased God to make him the head of the thirty-fold, the firstborn among many brethren, that he should taste death for every man. Are y'all with me? And God's been dealing with me. We've got to get the five-fold ministry back in the church, back in the local body. You may not have an apostle in every church, but you're going to have one for every area. You may not have a prophet in every church But you're going to have one for every area Because it takes the apostle And this is what people don't like It takes the apostle to establish that church People don't like that We've done the best we could for years We went out and started churches as pastors And we've done why Well some people lie they done it just for vengeance they done it for spite they done it to divide That's the reason you can't have just anybody Establishing churches you got to have that apostolic ministry uh, that true ministry that true word uh, that's going to set a church in order at God's will uh, and they going to lay hands on people they going to ordain elders uh, see uh, there's gifts of God in me that I can impart to you by the laying on of hands Paul told Timothy he said stir up the gift that is in me in thee by the laying on of my hands he said, "The gift of God that's in thee, by the laying on the hands of the presbyter or the elders of the church, start up using. Remember what you got from God and put it in action. What have you got from God that needs to be put in action? You know why the church is right here like it is right now? Where's your evangelist?" Evangelists are going from church to church to church to church having two- and three-day meetings. They're running all over the country, and ain't nothing getting done. Ain't nothing getting done. When God spoke to me to come to L.A.J. in 98, I Susie. I didn't know nobody in L.A.J. I put up, up on, what, 228 or 225 or wherever it was I put up, up on the hill up there. I didn't know nobody in L.A.J. God told me come to LJ When God told me come back to LJ in 99 I thought there might be a few people But see I went places and had big revivals and never went back I had a good revival in LJ but it wasn't a landslide in 98 But God sent me back Because the Lord had had me break some ground and sow some seed And he sent me back to water and cultivate it Are y'all with me? I wasn't an evangelist. that just went from church to church to church to church. I got out there and found a watering hole. I cut away the briars. I killed the snakes. I cut away the bushes. Got rid of the chiggers. I created a good fishing hole. And once I created it, I fished it. (laughs) I fished it. But all some people know as evangelism is to go from church to church to church to church to church and have a night's meeting, a two-night's meeting, a three-night's meeting. That ain't evangelism. Ooh, it's quiet in here. Ain't evangelism evangelism is you go out there and get souls you go out there and dig them out you go out there and you cut the brush out from around them. you kill the snakes you get rid of everything that can hinder the Word of God from getting to them and then you fish for them souls If we can get evangelism back in the church God will start adding to this church because I got news, don't, don't ever underestimate what God's put in me. Your worst mistake is to underestimate what God's put in me. That apostle's ministry is coming forth. There's a word, there's an anointing, there's a deliverance, there's a power, there's a faith. There's a impartation ministry here. But see, everybody's sitting back and want me as a pastor to do it all. Can't do it. Ain't gonna do it. Wouldn't do it if I could. Because if I do it all, you're getting robbed of what God's called you to do. I've had people tell me, Brother matter, I want a tent revival in Elijah Good, go find a lot. Do we have a lot yet? No. People have been talking about it for a month. I'm not going to go find a lot. I, as a pastor... We'll work with you as an evangelist. We will back the meeting. I will preach. I will pray. I will help you. I will support you. Because you're laboring out of this church to evangelize. To add souls to the church. All the evangelists are doing now is making the church a meal ticket. Oh, did I say that out loud? This is going to catch some flack. This is going to catch some flack. But the church is out of order. The church ain't functioning according to the book of Acts that God set up. When persecution broke out in Acts the 8th chapter, Philip was driven out of Jerusalem. He went to Samaria. I don't believe he just went because Samaria is a country. But there are cities in Samaria. I don't know if he went to Sychar, which is where Jesus met the woman at the well, but the Lord told me about three weeks ago that when Jesus ministered to the woman at the well, it laid the foundation for Philip's revival in Samaria, seven years. What happened in her life and all the people that came out to see Jesus, stayed there and ministered for two days, sowed the seed and laid the foundation for Philip's revival in Samaria, and she was in Sychar. Are you all with me? But all Jesus said to his disciples was, I must needs go through Samaria. (laughs) There's a there's a mind and a will of God for me to go through Samaria There's a reason that I've got to go through Samaria And it was to minister to that one woman, but it was to lay a foundation for a great deliverance move of God So when you are led by the Spirit and sent forth by the Spirit of God You never know what you are laying the foundation for what God is using you to sow seed for That you may not water you may not cultivate but some Someday you may reap. Are y'all with me? So Philip went to Samaria. I don't know how many of the Samaria cities of Samaria he went to. But it broke out a citywide revival. Did it not? Bible said great joy filled the city. Demons crying with unclean voices, loud voices, unclean spirits came out of people. Palsies, sicknesses, diseases. Where's the evangelist with the gifts of God? I had a gift of God in my life when I was an evangelist. Pray for your mama, had a short leg. God grew it right there in the tent, Turn around and baptized her. Baptized her mama right there in the tent, water trough. Have, have always had miracles and deliverance because that's part of being an evangelist. When Paul spoke to me, he said, Timothy... He said, endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. The work of an evangelist is to go out and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, with signs, wonders, and miracles. You don't need that in the church every time you turn around. That's what you got your apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers for. And I'm not just picking on the evangelist, but the evangelistic ministry is so far off track it's pathetic. Don't call me up, come my church because you got a car payment. Don't call me up, come my church because your mortgage is due. Or your gas bill. Because you ain't coming to my church unless God speaks to me. But you got a burden for my people, you got a word for my people. God has spoken to you. How many evangelists we have in the church, Sister Kathy, in the years you was there? We didn't have revivals every time you turned around, Sister Susie. When you started coming, how many evangelists did I let come in in those years you were coming? Just camp meetings, and I let you and your husband come in one or two times over a period of three or four years. There wasn't evangelists after evangelists. You know why? wasn't necessary. The church had to be grounded The church had to be established Prayer had to be established People had to be built on the word And it's not the function of the evangelist To encourage the church That's what your teachers and your pastors are for Are you listening to me? That's what they're for Is to to teach you about the gifts The pastor is there To guide you and direct you Keep you out of the pitfalls Keep you out of the raging streams. Keep you from wandering off. I, did y'all know a true pastor? I, if a sheep keeps wandering off, that true pastor, I will go get that sheep and break its leg. It will. Because some of them just headstrong. Some of them just got that old goat spirit of them. They're gonna wander off no matter what. But the teachers are there to teach you. how to operate how to be used of god how to learn to yield to the spirit of god because when you're novice and you're young none of us know none of us know see god had to teach me and God's had to teach a lot of other people because ain't been the proper teaching in the church you had to learn to yield to the work in the spirit of god didn't you wasn't much teaching there was it Is this too radical for y'all? Is this too crazy? And I'm gonna keep saying it and preaching it and saying it and preaching it. The church has to have government. That's what the Lord told me back in the '90s. The Lord told me back in the '90s when He started dealing with me about some of these things. See, this ain't something God just put in my spirit. This has been going on 20 and 30 years. The revelation of Jesus Christ, God's put it in me, it it goes back to the 80s. Are y'all hearing me? This ain't something I just started preaching. But the Lord told me back in the 90s, he said, church set up wrong. He said, when I brought my son Jesus in, he said, he stood there and told you. He said, up till John the Baptist, you had the law and the prophets. He said, from the law and the prophets, from John the Baptist forward, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it before the kingdom of heaven is the fivefold ministry to bring the saints to perfection without these five ministries you ain't bringing the saints to perfection without these five ministries there is no work of the ministry without these five ministries there is no edifying of the body of christ till we all come in the unity of the faith see there ain't but one faith and there's so many faiths out here people are running around with People think just because they baptize in Jesus' name, they call it the apostles' doctrine. No, that ain't the apostles' doctrine. That is part of the apostles' doctrine. But the apostles' doctrine is teaching uh, Christ in you the hope of glory. It is teaching you how to put on the Christ, uh, not how to just become like Jesus, uh, but how to become uh, and possess the Christ, uh, the resurrected power of Christ. Are y'all with me? Uh, so the apostles' doctrine uh, is not just baptism in Jesus. Name. Name. I, and that's all some people know. I, they hear it every week. I, they hear the beehive. They hear the long dresses. I, they hear everything about the men's dress, the women's dress, the do's, the don'ts, I, the can's, the can'ts. I, and ain't nothing preached to get sin I, out of people's lives and to kill I, this carnal mind. I, the revelation of the kingdom of God I, will kill the carnal mind. I, it will destroy this carnal nature. I, it will bring Bring in uh, the baptism of his death uh, that will put your carnal man to death, and we don't have it. There are a lot of people running around out here preaching a lot of things that ain't right, and we got to have ministry. It's going to set it in order. The Lord told me in '91 because I was I was under the leadership of an apostle, uh, a prophet. And the Lord said, the ministry built wrong. I said, do, huh? <laughs> he said, I did not establish the New Testament church to be led by the prophets. He said, the people of old were led by the prophets. He said, I established the New Testament church to be led by the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. Five ministries, not one. He said, because it's been established the way it's been established, he said, it's wrong, it's out of order, and he said, I can't move in it." And it don't matter what you tell people, they're rooted and grounded in that thing, and they going to hang on to it till hell freezes over and all the imps go ice skating. They ain't going to change. So you know what God's going to do? God's going to reach out there in the highways. He's going to reach out there in the hedges. He's going to get him some publics. He's going to get him some harlots. And he's going to tell us that harlots and publicans shall go into the kingdom of God before you. And the children of kingdoms shall be cast out. And there shall be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. People fixing the mists. they fixing the mist of it. Call of God, I, if it's in the midst of a revealing I, of the Kingdom of God, some of them been chosen I, before the foundation of the world to possess a calling and anointing, I, and they will not make their calling an election. Sure, I, it's time I, to get established I, in your calling and get busy in the local church. Get busy. When I went to Fort Payne on July 31st, I was in prayer. And the Lord put this message right here that I'm exhorting to y'all. He put it in my spirit and I started exhorting on it. Before I did, the Spirit of the Lord took her over. And I'm we're going to get that and we're going to play it next Sunday. You got it? Okay. We may get it. I don't know if I'll play it, but we'll get it next Sunday if we don't or get people a copy of it. You need to listen to what God spoke. Because God spoke out of Joel too. You listening to me? And he went right on through to 18. God spoke to us. Says so time to gather in the house of God. It's time to sanctify fast. Time to call a solemn assembly. It's time to get everybody together and pray. And you know what God told us to pray? Spare Thy people from reproach. Spare Thy people. You know what I'm praying? Since we started this Tuesday night prayer, I sure hope everybody will come together because I feel like it's bringing a unity. We got three churches, got two in Alabama and one in Mississippi, praying with us every Tuesday night. I've got different people all over the country. I've got people from Texas, people from the Midwest, people from all over Georgia and Alabama. They can't get to a church, they're coming together to pray with us on Tuesday night. You know what I'm telling them to pray for? The restoring of the fivefold ministry to the church. Let's pray for God to restore the I, I ain't talking about some miracles I ain't talking about some healings I, I ain't talking about somebody That can lay their hands on you and say yay The Lord would say yay yay the Lord would say yay I, I'm talking about anointed Vessels I, that can walk The street and their shadow Will overshadow the sick And they'll get off the beds and the couches made whole I, I'm talking about a dead raising Ministry I, how Paul went down And fell on the man that fell out of the third loft I, And he broke his neck neck and died and they raised him up whole. I'm talking about anointing that can speak against the enemies of the gospel like Sergio's Paulus or the man named Bar-Jesus when he tried to turn that deputy away and Paul spoke a mist of darkness on him and a mist and a darkness fell on him. had to have somebody to lead him out around by the hand. I'm talking about people in a relationship with God and walking in the depth. that a liar will come in the church and lie to them They'll fall down dead Then his wife come in and lied Fell down dead The fear of God has got to come back God's got to establish This word and this anointing In somebody's life I just want somebody the Lord told me years ago About five or six years ago I left the ministers to meet down there at Sister Daniel's I was riding up the road And God said somebody gotta be next Peter and Paul and y'all remember me saying that somebody gotta be next Peter and Paul and what are we doing coming to church hearing the word preached going home going through our lives coming back to church hearing the word preached going home going about our lives coming back to church Hearing the word preached. Brother matter why ain't God doing something? Because you ain't doing something. What do y'all want God to do? What do you want Him to do? Y'all want God to go out here and break out a revival, save 10,000? Where are they going to go? Who's going to shepherd them? Who's going to nurse these babies? See, God said it wasn't going to come past till afterward. Joel 2, 28, he shall come past afterward, saith God. After what? After the restoring. After the gifts, the anointing, the work of the ministry. After everything's been stripped away from us like it was in the book of Acts. Because those ministries were set in the church. In the book of Acts and in 1 Corinthians, all through the epistles, they were set in the church. Everywhere Paul went, he preached, he stayed there. I don't care if it was a year, two years, three years, he stayed there till the church was founded. Are you all with me? Till they laid hands on elders and ordained them. Paul said in every city, everywhere I preached, we ordained elders, we laid hands on them and ordained them, and the church was set in order. When he spoke to Titus in the first chapter of Titus, I think it's verse 5, he said, For this purpose I left thee also in Crete. Are y'all with me? That, th- that you may set in order the things that we're lacking or wanting. He said, this I had the power to appoint you to do. Don't you underestimate this word God's revealing in me. I'm not lifting myself up, just don't you underestimate it. Don't say just because I'm your friend. Don't ever underestimate this word because I'm going to tell you something. You do, it'll bite you. Don't underestimate this word. This word's alive and it's real. And this word right here will bring the 30-fold into what God wants them to have. See, Paul had the gift. The Bible talks in in Ephesians 4, I believe it's in verse 8. said when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. What did he do? He led death captive. He took spiritual death Led it captive And then he turned around And gave gifts unto men What was those gifts? Apostles, prophets, evangelists Pastors, teachers When Paul laid hands on Timothy He gave him the gift of evangelism Y'all hear me? Everywhere Paul went We don't know how long Paul was gone But you know something? He didn't go nowhere To the church at Antioch Laid hands on him Through fasting and prayer And the spirit of God said Send him forth Send him forth The great revival broke out in Samaria. Church heard about it in Jerusalem. But didn't nobody go nowhere to the church? The body of elders and apostles in Jerusalem sent Peter and John to go down there and lay hands on them for them to receive the Holy Ghost. Nobody, everybody can't just lay hands on you if you receive the Holy Ghost, it belongs to the apostles. Stop and show me one place in the book of Acts where the Holy Ghost was poured out corporately that there wasn't an apostle present. Happened at the house of Cornelius, Peter was there. Happened with the 12, I think it was, at Ephesus, Paul was there. Happened in the house when the place where they prayed was shaken, the apostles was there. It takes that apostle. Every ministry has its function. My function ain't to baptize folks. Paul said, Lord didn't send me to baptize. That's your job. That's your job as an evangelist. But when I was in Fort Payne and praying, the Lord told me, he said, you anoint the people today according to their calling. And that's exactly what I did. I laid hands on people. God showed me their calling. I laid hands on them and anointed them according to their calling. Just what Paul done, Ordained, sent them forth. Told them not to neglect the gift of God that was put in them. By the laying on of my hands. And in another scripture, by the laying on the hands of the Presbyterian. So see, we got people trying to do things they ain't qualified for. We got people trying to do things they ain't called for. And the people that are called ain't making their calling the election sure. And pastors are starting churches. Pastors are ruling churches. Pastors are governing churches. Pastors are doing everything in the church. And it ain't right in God's eyes. It just ain't right. Is anybody with me today? Is anybody going to get crazy with me today? Am I making sense? Yes, sir. So what are we going to do? Are we going to do something about this? Are you all going to go out this week? Sit on your hands and come back here next Sunday and wonder why nobody else is in the house of God? Or are you going to do something with it? It's like Sister Susie says. This spirit right here, you can be out in public somewhere next thing next you know somebody's got their hands on you prophesying to you. Oh, I've done that. I've done that. I'm just crazy enough to do it. You start telling me how sick you're feeling or how the, the devil's attacks you, and I'll tell you right in the middle of Walmart or throw your hands up. What, right here? What was wrong right here? <laughs> In 1984, after I'd missed Sister Kilpatrick by her lungs and got to heal her lungs, that thing come back on her, 1984. We had stopped at a rest area up just as we crossed Tennessee line coming out of Memphis. Had my wife, my two kids with me at that, no, just one, Kristen. We would stopped at the rest area right up at Tennessee line. Y'all know what I'm talking about where you come up 59, 24. Four all of them merged together, and there's rest here. We stopped right there. Didn't have cell phones back in them days. We stopped, carried sandwiches in the back of the car, found a picnic table. She fixed some sandwiches for us. Lord told me, call Sister Patrick. I didn't listen. About three times God told me, call Sister Patrick. Packed everything up, went and got in the truck, cranked the truck up, started back out. Voice of the Lord spoke to me again Call Sister Kilpatrick I told my wife I said I got to go call Sister Kilpatrick I had to preach That was about 1, 1 30 1.30 in the afternoon I had to preach somewhere that night Down in South Georgia And I called her She couldn't even talk When she answered the phone I said Lord told me to call you She said brother My lungs are hurting so bad She said I can't hardly breathe again I can't talk She said I can't pray and she said, I just sat on the end of the bed crying. said, God, I've got to have help. Send me help. The Lord ain't never late. I said, Is there somewhere I can meet you? I'm going to be coming straight down seventy five. I knew she didn't live too far off seventy five. She said, There's a pearless truck stop. I don't even know if it's still there. It's off one exits out there on seventy eight. She said, there's a truck stop called Pearl's Truck Stop. She said, you'll see the sign. I said, I know where it is. I said, I'll be there in 30 minutes. I said, meet me there. When I pulled in, she was leaning on the side of the car gasping for air. I got out of the truck, walked over to her. I said, God's going to give you a miracle. I said, throw your hands up. Boy, there wasn't no hesitation. Right there in the middle of Pearl's Truck Stop parking lot, she threw them hands up. I was just a little bit crazy back then, too. I laid my hands on her. Spirit of God hit her. She started shouting, talking in tongues, magnifying God. People driving by. Man, what's wrong with them crazy folks? They part at that 30 fold. It's a little crazy. But God healed her. Right there, leaning inside a car. It. 2 o'clock in the afternoon I think it was a Saturday I don't even know might have been a Sunday I don't even know but God spoke to me I don't care what I pray for yeah it don't matter to me but see we're constrained simply because a lot of offices in the church have not been defined And people think evangelism is just going from church to church. There ain't nothing wrong with going and encouraging people from time to time. I went to churches. But most of my meetings was in tents and auditoriums that I rented. And I went where people didn't know me. And I dug out souls. Dug you out. Because God sent me there. It wasn't something I'd done myself. God sent me back to LAJ. God, because she didn't know about the first one. She did. She didn't get to come. God sent me back to LJ. Y'all hear me? God sent me to Brother Paz up to Sister Hope's house here in LJ. That's where you got a cranium with this word. Told me, go Sister Hope's and have a home prayer meeting. There wasn't no church in LJ at that time. And my instruction, Sister Hope, at that time, get in prayer, start praying, start having home prayer meetings. If she had of, there'd been a body ready to receive this word. When God told me in 2011 or 2012, whenever it was, come back up here. That was like, what, 207, 208? Somewhere in there? So see, God has a plan. If we don't follow God's plan, it can hinder what God wants to do. But I'm going to stay on track. And you rest assured that I am going before the Lord in supplication and petition bring back the fivefold ministry condition us for the baptism into your death and teach us the operation of the ministry and how to win souls for the church in analogy those three things it's all I'm praying about it's all I'm praying about because if I can get the church working together if I can inspire you and lead you I'm not I'm not laying blame on anybody but see, I've never seen the working of the ministry in the church like God started opening it up to me two weeks ago. There is a purpose for every gift and calling in the local body. And what's working in the local body? Pastors. About it, maybe some singers. Oh, every now and then you'll get somebody that knows how to shun the Baha'i lay hands on you, do what they call speak the word to you. But let me tell you something. Somebody that's got a gift of prophecy is not a prophet. People think because they got the gift of prophecy, or tongues, or interpretation, or the word of wisdom, or the word of knowledge, they, they think they're a prophet. No, you ain't a prophet. The prophet is the eyes of the church. The prophet sees where the church needs to be going. sees the danger, sees the pitfalls. And there were prophets in the church in Antioch. When the church comes together, according to 1 Corinthians 14, he said, let the prophets speak by one or by two, and let them speak by course. He said, but the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophets. That means if God speaks, I've told you all before, God speaks something to me, I don't have speaking. God's give me a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge about a lot of people. And I would weigh it out in that revival to see if they were going to open themselves up to God and listen to the working of the Spirit of God and really be hungry. Because I don't have to deliver that word just because God gives it to me. And there's people that God has given word, and there's people I've refused to give the word to because of their attitude and their unwillingness to let the Spirit of God work in them. Think about me what you will. I can't help it but I just had somebody tell me I didn't have faith to work miracles because as in a meeting and one of their loved ones didn't get healed I Said, it don't matter whether your loved one got healed or not God was working notable miracles in that meeting and you don't tell a vessel of God they don't have faith when there's a lot of people getting healed just because you didn't get yours but you know what Jesus said he said healing is the children's bread He said, "When you are sinners or living ungodly, he said, the blessings and the promises and the benefits of God they don't belong to you. They don't belong to you. This is the children's bread." Amen. Well, brother Metter, I've seen God heal sinners. I have too. God healed the sorrowful Phoenician daughter with the devil, but when she gone out and said Lord even the dogs she said Lord next time you minister you break that healing bread she said you just let me know and said this dog will get down on that table and I'll lick up the crumbs Jesus said by faith right there that faith saved her and she become a daughter of God Abraham was saved by faith Nobody preached to him. He didn't repent. Nobody baptized him. It's his faith that saved him. It was his faith that imp- rep- rep- imputed his sins, brought him to righteousness. Y'all hearing me? Yes. It was that woman's faith. It was that centurion's faith. He said, Lord, pay no need you come under my roof. He said, I've watched you. He said, I got men under me by the hundreds. He said, I tell one to go when he goes. I tell one to come when he comes. I tell one to do this. He better do it. He said, I watch you speak to demons. I watch you speak in situations. He said, I ain't worthy. That you should come under my roof. He said, just, just tell them devils to go. <laughs> just tell them devils to go. And Jesus marveled. And he said, I have not found so great faith. Not in all the nation of Israel, this heathen, this unbeliever. This man that's outside the household of God. Because Jesus came only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He didn't come to the Gentiles. But because of that man's faith, it became righteousness to him. Y'all hear me? Faith is what makes righteousness. Because he believed. And just like that, the Lord spoke that word. Lord spoke that word. If God calls you and you seek Him to make your calling and election sure, He will equip you according to your calling. Sister Susie, I want you to stand on your feet and raise your hands. I'm fixing to impart unto you the gifts of healings and miracles and deliverance because the Lord's fixing to change your life. You ain't just going to go and preach. You're going to minister great deliverance by the Spirit of God. There are people that you have prayed for and prayed for and wrestled with and prayed for and stayed in the altars. They came out with God touching their life, but they never got the deliverance. Now, I anoint thee by the Spirit of God that's in me, and I impart unto thee the gift of healing. The gift of miracles that is in my life, I imparted unto thee by the laying on of my hands, according as Paul laid hands on Timothy. I anointed. It ain't going to be very many days till God's fixing to give you a sign. He's fixing to work a notable miracle by the laying on of your hands. Mm. And a deeper dedication than you have ever known, a relationship with God, deeper. Than anything you've ever known. There's a hunger, there's a thirst, there is a, a desire. It's like you've come to a place you can't get past. But Lord's fixing to take you past it. Lord's fixing to take you past it into a realm, into a relationship. You fixing to get lost in prayer. And when you come to yourself, you're gonna find you've been hours, been hours in prayer. Hallelujah! And you're gonna come to a knowledge that they that do know their God shall be strong, and they shall do exploits. I speak to thee, my daughter. Thou one of those that if you follow to know me, press in unto me, that thou shall be strong, and thou shalt. Do exploits. And even that that I showed thee standing on that high platform, yea, in that building, I, with preaching and ministering to many people. I, and I looked and said, There comes my pastor. Even I shall take thee into that realm, into that high place of ministry, and I shall use thee for my glory to be revealed, saith oh, ha Whew. Hallelujah. Hold on to this word. Hold fast. Dig in. Slack not. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life, for great visitation is at the door. Mm-hmm. Oh, hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Man, can y'all feel the spirit of God in this place? Who else is gonna tell you that Joel two don't apply to the day of Pentecost? <laughs> Ain't nobody else got that kind of back moment. There's things God showed me that I, I had to wrestle in five of you. My wife, tell you, man, I, I mean I had to preach it in Fort Payne just a little bit at a time. Because I knew people couldn't receive it. Wouldn't receive it. Still won't receive everything God's put in me that I want to reveal. But I come up here September a year ago and opened up the whole kingdom. <laughs> For seven or eight days opened up the whole kingdom. Now word fell in this place and God laid the foundation for what he wants to do here. Are y'all going to get with the vision? You going to make a call in an election sure? It ain't that I can't. I won't operate in your calling. I won't do it. I won't operate in the calling of evangelists no more. Not if I've got you to operate in your calling. Now anything that Needs to be done. That there ain't somebody to do it. I'll do it. But you're an evangelist, Susie. You're a teacher and you're an evangelist. Right now. See, God can change your calling. When the Lord spoke to me on April 11th, 2015. He said, you've been a pastor. You've been a prophet. You've been an evangelist. Now you're an apostle. So see, I progressed. Paul said, I'm anointed a preacher, a teacher, and an apostle. God's called me to be a teacher, a preacher, and an apostle. But you know what? He said, I'm going to the Gentiles. <laughs> I have told Brother Lonzo Cromer for the years, you preach the church, man. I'm going to the Gentiles. <laughs> you deal with this old church spirit. I don't want it. I don't want nothing to do with it. I want hungry. I want hungry. I'm tired of having to argue with sinners and rebellious and people that are ignorant. According to God's Word. The benefits and the blessings of God don't belong to the unbelievers. That's the reason I'm always getting prayer requests. Will you pray for this? Will you pray for that? Will you pray? Nope. Won't do it. Won't do it. I will not do it unless God speaks to me. I won't pray for them. And if they start turning people down in meetings, it comes up for prayer. If they start turning, nope, you're an unbeliever. You're an idolater. You're a fornicator. You're an adulterer. I'm not praying the gifts and the blessings of God on you. I'm not going to cast my pearl before swine. I'm not going to give you the goodness of God just so you can go out and live ungodly. I remember Jack Cole one time. You know, Most of y'all know who Jack Cole is. had a great deliverance ministry. He used put up tents at 15,000, 20,000. He had ropes off his quarter post coming off his platform. He had canes, crutches, wheelchairs hung on them. The people that, He'd preach 15, 20 minutes, spend the next three or four hours praying for people. All kind of infirmities. Ninety percent of them get healed. He was in the prayer lighting one night. He'd come to a woman. Had a big cast on her leg all the way up, standing there on crutches. He said, God heals you tonight. She said, what you going to do? He said, what you going to do? She said, I am going to go out and dance and have the biggest party. Jacko looked at her and said, not all my prayers, you ain't. Pastor, right on by after standing there on them crutches that big be passed pastor, pastor right on by he said not on my prayers yet. not on my faith yet. I'm not going to pray for God to bless or heal somebody really I can't I can pray the prayer but if it ain't the mind of God it ain't going to happen I've had prayer lines for years I can have a half a dozen notable miracles one right after the other come somebody and lay hands on like praying for a piece of concrete There ain't no faith in them. Ain't no belief in them. And a lot of times, you just ain't the mind and the will of God. Because God put them in that place to deal with their hearts. That's the reason I won't pray for just anybody anymore. And I've tried to tell people, don't text me, don't call me, don't email me to pray for your backslidden, adulterous, fornicating loved ones. Just because the hand of God started dealing with them. Don't call me to pray for them. You get out of the way and let God deal with them. Amen. You get out of the way and let God deal with them. We've got to have the ministry back in the church. We've got to have it back. Because if it don't start operating, the church is going to stay just like it is right now. This church will sit here another year just like this. If somebody don't start operating in what God's called them to do. I'm doing my part. I'm doing my part. Now I'm going to start burning the heavens up in prayer Boy you think something got on you in that tree stand we was in Alabama Y'all know Sister Susie We used to have Friday night Saturday night and Sunday And all them people done From the time I started church down there was gripe Didn't have a church to go to And God give one And they gripe. Well I can't come on Friday night Well then don't come Come Saturday night and Sunday. Oh, but I want to be there if you'll just cancel the Friday night service. Well, finally, I did. If you'll cancel Friday night, we'll be there Saturday night and Sunday. No, they didn't. Just griping. And Brother Don used to get up before daylight, drive to Alabama, down on his mom and dad's property, or down there he had a place to hunt, And he go deer hunting Saturday morning, which is fine. But then he got to where he wouldn't come to church on Saturday night. This ain't embarrassing, brother Donald. Brother Donald. I brought this out before. And I told him, I said, I'm going to get in prayer. And I said, I'm going to pray for the Spirit of God following you up there in that tree stand. And I said, and you're going to start shouting and weeping and praying and crying out to God. And I said, there ain't going to be a deer within three miles of you. <laughs> And I did. And it did. <laughs> and I texted him. And he's at tree stand. I said, where your treasure is. That's where your heart is also. <laughs> he texts me back. He said, I appreciate a pastor. do will tell me the truth. <laughs> and I'm always going to tell you the truth. If I tell you anything, it's going to be the truth. I ain't never going to lie to you. Brother Donald, now it's time. Make that call and election of evangelists. Start making it sure. Start using it. Because see, if the evangelists that work in the local church, and they'll go out and have revivals, I don't mind working with anybody having a revival that's ministering out of this church. We'll go wherever you minister now. If it's in a tent, if it's on the sidewalk, if it's a street meeting, if it's in another church, we'll come back you up. Why? Because you're laboring and you're calling to help win souls for this church. I'm not wanting you to go out to other churches and get people's members, but Jesus said there's other sheep that are not of this folk. There's people out there hungry for the realness of God, but we got to go get them. we got to go get them. Amen. And I'm praying. I want to see the ministry start getting active in the church. We may have to have a service where somebody teaches during the week. I don't know. I'm trying to be led by the Spirit of God. Because this is where you learn. This is where you learn how to minister. And if you minister and I come to you, I say, look, let me give you some pointers. Let me show you some things you need to do. Let me give you some instructions. Don't get upset with me. I'm going into 45 years of this. 45 years of this. I've given her many instructions. It might hurt your feelings. But listen. Learn to receive instruction. Naturally and spiritually. Learn to receive instruction. And God can help us grow. Because there ain't just no growth in the church as far as souls there's no growth in the callings and the anointings and the working of the gifts and the ministry that's in people's lives. I'm not being mean. I'm not trying to be mean. I want you to get equipped. And if we can't do nothing else except stick that red and white tent right out here between now and October, whenever it starts getting cool up here, we'll stick it right out here. If that's the best we can do right now, we'll stick it right out here. And there there's no... Room, put it right out there, draw 30, 40 people. But I'm not interested in folks come singing and shouting. If that's the way the Spirit of God moves, that's fine. But I ain't just going to have good church. I'm after deliverance. I want to see souls delivered. I want to see people what I call genuine saved. But when God got me, He got me. And you know where God got me? God didn't get me in church he got me in my grandma's basement I took a job when I was 19 didn't have a car didn't know where my life was going didn't have any purpose my grandma Church of Christ I couldn't go to church with her because <laughs> I went to church with her when a boy because I'd always go stay at my grandma cause we'd go fishing and when I mean fishing, me and Grandma went fishing. we was on the riverbank before daylight, and we didn't leave till dark. She had a cooler full of sandwiches and drinks, and we stayed right there. We was on the riverbank before daylight, and was on the riverbank till nearly dark. That's fishing. That's what my Grandma done. If she wasn't catching fish after three or four hours in one place, we'd move to another. But when I went to stay with her, I always had to go to Church Christ. And here I was raised in wholeness around miracles, healing, and deliverance. And we'd go in the church, and I'd have walked walk between a smoking brigade to get to church. And I'd twist a hole in the seat, ready to get out of there. Because that was dead. Me, just seven, eight, nine years old. Oh my God, that man was dead. And in I went to Sunday school which we did and teachers started asking I'm popping off answers like this and half time she said will you slow down and let somebody else answer and I said okay I knew about everybody in the Bible may not known doctrine but I knew about everybody in that Bible I want God to be real I got to have the reality of God I was praying the other night here at church and I said God I said I can't live in this world I'm not of this world I might be in it but I ain't of it I said I can't I can't survive in this world I said I gotta have you it's time to start praying children make Tuesday night if you can't get here set aside 730 go to prayer with us like I said I got two churches in Alabama one in Mississippi with ours that's four churches Then I've got a lady in Texas I've got people in different places He said, Brother Metter, I'm going to pray with you every night, every Tuesday night at 7.30. We're going to unite. That's what the Bible says. Strive to keep the unity of the faith or the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Strive. And Paul said one of the functions of the ministry was to bring in the unity of the faith unto the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man to the measure of the statutes Of the fullness of Christ. God wants to reveal the Christ. Not just the life of Jesus. He wants to reveal the Christ. Am I making sense to y'all? Boy I don't even think. I hardly opened my Bible. And I know I didn't get none of the scriptures. I had wrote down hardly. I quoted some of them. But take this word and study it. It's the same as last week. I printed out. I added to it. So if you just want to get rid of last week. Or if you want to keep both of them. Put them in your notebook. I just added to it. About nine pages there of scriptures and stuff I studied. But the ministry, y'all with me? It's got to work in the church. That's what it was put in place for. It's got to work in the church. If we don't get the ministry working in church, we ain't going nowhere. Church ain't going nowhere. She dead in the water, has been for years. But now that God's revealing what he wants done, we got to do it. Amen. You can't do what you don't know. But when you come to know. Amen. When you come to know. Then you got to do. To him much is forgiven. Much is required. God's giving us something now. And when this word comes out. These pastors and these evangelists ain't going to like this. Because I can tell you, there's people ain't going to come under subjection to nothing or nobody. But women like Peter that has power, that his shadow heals the sick, better listen. You better listen. These kind of ministers come on the scene. You better believe I'm going to pay attention to them. I'm going to pay attention to them. God's setting things back in His order. In His order. There is a divine order from the ministry. God's bringing it back. Amen. Let's get this in our spirit. Will y'all go to prayer with me? Father, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for the working of Your Spirit, the moving of the Holy Ghost. God, for the great wisdom, knowledge, strength, and understanding that You're allowing to be revealed with uh, to us. God teaches us how to labor teach us how to go after souls master God we've got to have these five ministries to teach us to edify us to help bring the saints to perfection to maturity God that Ephesians 4 and 11 and 12 right on through his soul radiated in my spirit along with 1 Corinthians 12 28 right on through we've got to have it Lord for the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come into unity. There's got to be a unity of the faith father. God those that are of the truth. Got to have the same mind. The same judgment. Speak the same thing. I thank you for your goodness Lord. That your will be done. In each of our lives. In this church. In the body. Bring us together Lord. No schism. No division. No upsetness. Bring your body together, Lord, in one mind for one accord for your own divine purpose. And we give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. I appreciate the Lord today. I'm going to tell you, I didn't know where God was going to lead me, but I believe he led us today. What y'all think? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I appreciate the Lord. You know, there's people... They ain't going to come all the way. They just ain't going to do it. I like the way Sister Susie broke that down. I've never heard that broke down on the hundred, sixty, and thirtyfold before. I've never seen it broke down that way. But there's there's just people they just ain't going to go. And that's okay. you got to be called to this. <laughs> you all hear me? You go and read Matthew 24 there where I was reading, and it talks about the sound of the trumpet. And he's going to send forth his angels with the sound of a trumpet. And it says, and he shall gather his elect from the four corners. You know who that elect is? Sons of God. It ain't everybody. It's sons of God. He's going to gather that elect from the four corners of the earth. Lord told us in Fort Payne two or three years ago, he's gathering the body of Christ together all over the world in a prophecy. God said, I'm gathering my body together all over the world. Did he not? Yes. See, God ain't doing this thing in a corner. He ain't doing this thing in a corner. This thing being done worldwide. But we still got to have these ministries in the local church. The church can't operate without it. If we don't have these five ministries, there is no work of the ministry. There is no edifying of the saints. And there is no bringing the saints to maturity and perfection. Got to have them. Amen. So, be sure when you labor that you're not laboring on somebody that ain't going to go somewhere. I mean, you can, you can bring folks to salvation, but there's people only going to go so far. One, they don't want it. Two, and they ain't called to it. They just ain't called to it. And people get mad when you say that. They say, well, you're... You're admitting I'm not admitting people. The Word of God admits people because Jesus himself said straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life the life is kingdom the life is eternal life and he said few is that not what he said few there be this gonna find it I can't bring my sons and my daughters in I might get them to salvation but what's going on in my son's life I have no control over in his relationship with God I pray for him he's hungry he's one of God's called he's one of God's chosen he wants something amen but it ain't up to me whether he gets it or not it's up to him it ain't up to me where y'all go in your growth in your relationship with God I can tell you, you're calling. I can minister to you. I can lay hands on you. I can impart something to you, but you got to do something with it. Amen. You got to do something with it. Sister Kathy, you can't carry Brother Philip into this. If he's chosen for it, you can't carry him into it. God didn't give us that ability. I can't carry my wife into this. I can expound the Word of God to her. I can teach her. I can open Revelation to her. She got to take it and do something with it. We got to take it and do something with this. Y'all agree with me? How many of you appreciate this word today? This is powerful. And I'm going to ask you to do your very best in your offerings today and your tithe. I could use a personal offering. And I'd appreciate y'all standing with us. I appreciate everything y'all do up here. I know we're small. But we're going to get there. We're going to get there. And God is revealing Himself. And God is bringing this word out for a reason. Y'all hear me? It's time for God to reveal Himself so we can go forward in something. I've been around Pentecost going on 64 years now. Ever since I was born, I was raised around a praying mom and daddy around a daddy of fasting and prayer. I was raised around miracles. I was raised around deliverance. I grew up in it. But this is different. This is different. This ain't what I grew up in. This is a new thing. It's God taking us into the depths of this thing. This is God separate. He's separating the hundredfold, he's separating the sixty fold and he's separating the thirty fold. Don't let God don't don't be in the place God called you out. Because he can call you out. It don't matter what God called me and told me my calling was. He can call me out just like he can call you out. I gotta apply myself to this calling. Amen. I gotta apply myself. So please apply yourself. Let's come in here next week. And man, we've been laboring. To get this call moving in our lives. We've been laboring to be led by the Spirit of God. We've been laboring for God to make our life useful for something. I'm called to be an evangelist. Okay, good. I'm called to be a teacher. Teach. Evangelize. Whatever your calling is. Amen. I know what my calling is. When I was an evangelist, I labored for evangelism hard. I left my family weeks at a time. when Philip went to Samaria. He was there weeks and weeks and weeks. The Lord spoke to him, told him to go south toward Gaza. He met the eunuch. Preached Christ to him, baptized him, went on toward Ashdod. He was out preaching that to Ashdod or, or, or Azotus. And then from there to Caesarea where he lived... He preached in all the cities and villages from there to Caesarea. He could have been gone a year. Could have been gone more. We got too much distraction and too many responsibilities in the natural for us to really give ourselves to the work of the Lord. And when you start asking God, get it off our hands. Y'all with me? Because I'm going to tell you. I mean, I don't know if See, you don't know who Tommy Hicks is back in 47. He just prayed and cried and prayed to do something for God. And this is when you had to walk out on the tarmac and go up the rolling stairs to the airplanes. God told him, He said, Go to the airport. He said, I ain't got no money. I ain't got no passport. I ain't got no ticket. I don't even know where to go. He said, Go to the airport. He said, Find you a plane that's going to Argentina, the capital. I can't, I can't think what the capital is right now. He said, God, how am I going to go to Argentina? I don't have no money. The Lord said, don't worry about it. He was going up the stairs to the, uh, to the flight. Still didn't know where he was going, what he was going to do. A man coming down handed him an envelope. Inside the envelope was his ticket. His passport and his money to go to Argentina so he got on the plane (laughs) flying to Argentina he said all right God when I get to Argentina he said what I do he said go see the president which is Juan Perón at that time he said okay he got to Argentina went to the presidential palace walked up to the guard at the gate and said I'm here to see the president the guard looked at him like he'd lost his mind <laughs> he wanted thirty-fold folks guard said you can't see the president man I Said, you gotta have an appointment he said look he said I'm gonna sit right down over there he said I get to see the president he said I don't care how long you sit there he said you can sit there today the all night all day tomorrow he said you can sit there from now on, he said, you ain't going to see the president. He said, okay. He said, I know what God told me. So he sat down over there, and it wasn't very long. That soldier doubled over in pain, stomach pain, just groaning and screaming. And Tommy Hicks went over there, laid hands on him, God healed him. God healed him. That, soldier, that guard told him, he said, uh, let me go talk to the president see what I can do. Just a little while, he had him an audience with the president. Tommy Hicks went in and told him who he was. Hadn't never been able to do nothing in this country. Just had a cry in his soul to do something for God. He went in the president of Argentina and started talking to him. He said, I've been crying and praying and fasting for God to send revival to my people. They got everything set up. That man started preaching to 20 and 30 and 40 and 50,000 people a night having great miracles. And a revival broke out, swept Argentina in the late 40s into the early 50s. All because it's God's time. And he submitted to that will of God. Walked out that airport and walked up in the steps on a plane. Didn't have a dime in his pocket. Didn't have a passport. Didn't have a ticket. He a dared to believe God. We can either sit here and die, or we can get up and move. Amen. Amen. I'm ready to move. Amen. I'm ready to move. Because yes. I don't care. Everything in the natural, I didn't put it behind me. God has to provide every meal. God has to provide every dime. God has to provide every dollar. God's got to provide everything. That's why we come to place. I'm giving, we're giving ourselves continually to prayer in the ministry of the Word to find God's will for this place, because it's where God put us. God picks me up, put me somewhere else, I'm going to do the same thing. I am going to pull these strongholds down in prayer. If you want to be a part of what God's doing, then you'll get in here and help me. You'll answer your call, you start praying, God, clarify my calling, show me what to do, teach me, help me learn. And Brother Metter comes to me and tries to edify me or tell me something. Don't let my feelings get hurt. Let me find that more perfect way. You know when Apollo came down in Acts 18. Came down preaching. Aquila and Priscilla went to him. Because he was fervent. He was fiery, But he knew only the baptism of John the Baptist. And they went to him and showed unto him. A more perfect way. They enlightened him, showed him a more perfect way of how to, and taught him about Jesus. And then he really got fired up. So it's time to be submitted. It's time to learn. It's time to be edified. It's time to move forward. Amen. Because the ministry's got to start working in the church, in this church, the ministry five ministers got to work out of this church find out what your call is make you call an election sure amen is that all right? make you call an election sure will y'all please obey God and you give him today I got a lot I want to do for God man I tell you what I ain't never been so hindered and hampered from what I want to do for God financially as I am right now but it won't stay this way I can tell you all that it won't stay this way This reminds me of years ago. God gave me a brand new tent. I didn't even have money to go put it up nowhere. <laughs> I did. I had a brand new tent. so Susie didn't even have the gas money to go put it up nowhere. Bless you. Appreciate you. But God spoke to me where to go. And God spoke to me, go talk to a lady. I went and talked to that lady. And I said, God told me, put this tent up in your town. She gave me the finances, get the tent there. We started a revival. Had a great revival. And during that meeting, she walked down during the offering and said, hold your hand out. Held my hand out. She counted 30 $100 bills in my hand. While she was counting it in my hand, God said, don't you touch a dime of it that's back tithe Said so as soon as she gets through counting it I said you put it in the offering three thousand dollars right there didn't have a dime for nothing and I said really Lord he said yes sir that's mine she got through counting it out sister Kathy I says that mine she said that's yours she said I'm giving it to you I said can I do what I want to with it she said yes you can I dumped it right in the offering I said I give it to God I've always been that way about finances. Had a lady several years later write me a check for $7,500. Had my name on it. Went to telephone, called her and shouting, praising God. Because we just got in a little old house. Didn't have any furniture in the house. Mom and Daddy come see us. We had to put lawn chairs in the living room. Didn't have nothing. We borrowed the money to buy our kids a bed. Or buy us a bed. Her mom and daddy gave her bedroom suit when she was a little girl. And we borrowed money to buy some bed to sleep and didn't have no furniture, no couch, no chair, no dining room, they didn't have nothing. She said, Praise God, we can finally get some furniture. And while we was talking, I says, Uh-oh. She kept on talking, and I says, Uh-oh. She said, What do you mean, uh-oh? She said, God spoke to you, didn't he? I said, uh-huh. She said, was he want? Half? I said, Mm mm. She said, Three fourths? Mm mm. Ninety? Mm mm. So he wants all of it, don't he? I said, Mm mm-hmm. mm. She said, Bye. So I went back to the trailer, turned the check over, endorsed it, put it in the offering. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money, especially in 1987. I'm gonna tell you something. It wasn't a month, maybe two. Every piece of furniture we needed was given to us. I signed that check over. I walked out of that trailer that had that platform that night. Somebody walked up to me, gave me an envelope. I took it just took, stuck it inside my coat cool pocket, didn't he? Went out there, took the service. Spirit of God was oh, it was so strong. Somebody run up and handed me a love offering. I didn't even hardly get five words out of my mouth. I said, I believe that's a sign of the Lord. Y'all need to obey God. Man, people start coming from everywhere. Giving, just giving, giving, giving. The spirit of giving got in them. Holy Ghost started falling. Time services over them. People give me near $700. Love offering. Walked out of the tent, go to the trailer. Somebody come up and gave me another envelope put it my coat pocket time I got the trailer and counted it got to give me almost twenty two hundred dollars one night Lord told me he said I can give you more money in one night than you work for a job making a month he said you learn to trust me so I'm learning to trust him amen I'm learning to trust him we got to learn to trust because if we don't learn to get rid of these things it's got us bound We can't fulfill our calling. I know natural obligations. I understand that. But God's going to teach us how. If we really got a ministry, we're really called to it. God's going to teach us how. To come out from under these responsibilities of the natural man. I believe the church will be in a place. You got an evangelist in the church and he goes out and evangelizes. The church can meet their needs. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Amen. Ain't nothing wrong with that we got to get back to the foundation. How many of y'all appreciate the Lord? You love him? You appreciate this word? How many feel like it's been good teaching? It's been good teaching. Hallelujah. I feel like God's instructing us. Let's go to prayer. Father, I do thank you for your love, your goodness, your mercy, your provision, your wisdom and understanding. All I ask you, Lord, is give me the ability. I know I probably shouldn't say this, Lord, but I didn't ask for this responsibility. I didn't ask, but, Lord, that you put me here. You helped me submit with a willing and obedient heart to lead your people and to instruct them and to guide them, not in a hard way, but in a love and an edifying and a strengthening You help me guide your people Into the anointing and the call that you've placed on their lives God I'm ready to see you move And we can't move God until some things get set in order Because if you don't move we can't move Open our hearts. Give us understanding. What I've prayed many times, Lord, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking to the church. Now, thank you, Father. In Jesus' righteous, holy name, bless this offering. Honor the givers. Honor the faith. Honor the obedience to your word. Because, Father, you said the willing and the obedient shall eat the good of the land. God, we need your blessings. We need for you to equip us. We need to be able to go forward. Get us ready, Father. I give you honor and praise, and I thank you for the people here. In Jesus' precious holy name, amen. God bless you. And I'm just going to say y'all are dismissed. Thank you for coming. I appreciate this service, and I appreciate this great Word. God bless you. We love you, and I'll see you all next week.